Welcome to the 10 Minute Talent Show. My name is Justin Cross, and today we are talking about managing people uh, with my own manager. She's the director of global marketing here at uh, Horizontal Talent, Heidi Chapeau. How are you? I am doing good. How are you? I'm fantastic. And, and you know, right off the bat, I'm just going to I'm gonna put you on the spot. Okay. And I just want to know, uh, among the employees of who you manage, uh, who is your favorite? Well, you, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. If Anoush was uh, hosting this, you would say Anoush. I would say you? Anoush if Anoush was here. <laughs> We're thinking of you, Anoush, all the way from the United States. <laughs> how, how much is, I know you are a parent of two, how much is managing, and it's okay, I'm not going to be offended, but how much is managing employees like parenting? Uh, it's similar in some ways and different in others. I mean, at least they're adults, so um, <laughs> they can manage their emotions. Um, but in other ways, similar because you're trying to like you know gather a herd of cats and get them to kind of move in a direction, a strategic direction. So something's the same, something's different. I was talking to Anna earlier about how you know she came from the teaching background, and now her job is to train people and onboard them, and how the similarities of teaching. And she goes, actually, I said, are employees more like fifth graders or high schoolers? Because she taught both. And she said fifth graders mm. uh, because we're more employees. New employees are very optimistic and excited, whereas like, you know, high school kids are like jaded. And- yeah, they don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm over this. <laughs> so, so you know, I, in, in you know, and I'm not saying this to say this, but you are, a, like, in my opinion, a fantastic manager. And I've got thoughts on that that I'll share, but... In your opinion, like what does make a good manager? That's a great question. I think what makes a really good manager is somebody who's really empathetic and understands their employees and also understands the work that needs to be done, not just go do it, but hey, I've done done that work. And then just is really empathetic and understanding of they're human beings. We're all human beings. We're not just robots, right? Trying to get stuff done. And Absolutely. so trying to be empathetic and put yourself in the shoes of somebody else makes you a really good manager. Um, being really clear with direction, um, relating to people and being a human being along with them, I think makes a good manager. But most of all, just again, having that empathy and kindness and understanding, which back to your kid analogy, I mean, that's what we teach our children, right? Right. And so we should be the same as adults with the people that we manage. So that's just the philosophy that I have. And, and, you know, our, I've noticed this too when I've managed folks, and that's, this was the bigger challenge for me, but like everybody's different, right? All of your employees. So, you know, I assume because I don't like to be micromanaged, but like there are some people who, who need a little bit more of that, right? I mean, is that kind of part of it too? Yeah, that's a good question and good point. I think part of it is also meeting people where they're at, people at different points in their personal life, but also their career, they're at different points. And so you have to meet them where they're at. Do they need more help from you or less help from you? Do they need you hands off or hands on? Do they need you to sit down with them or no, leave me and let me go do my thing. So you have to really meet people where they're at. And it could be different by the day. It could be different by the month or the year. It just depends upon where they're at. And as you promote them and move them through their career, you have to meet them in different places based on that. Because, you know, everyone started from nothing and they need to learn something to get really good at it. And you have to be direct and clear with that feedback. So yeah, I think there is definitely a point where you have to meet people where they're at in that moment. Absolutely. And we, you know, because remote working is becoming such a a thing now too, you know, even throughout the US, but, you know, certainly you have two employees in India, right? Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's cultural differences, right? I mean, that's, that's another thing you have to just kind of adjust for, right? Yeah, you have to adjust for what's different about the culture, what makes how they work differently? Are they more direct or indirect? Are they 
want to listen to management or are they more like leave me alone and let me go do my own thing? You know, you have to kind of adjust for that and make changes for that. And so, yeah, you have to meet people where they're out culturally as well and make sure that you're understanding of that culture and be curious about it, right? Not just assume like I'm an American, so I'm going to come in and do whatever right. you tell <laughs> you tell me and whatever I tell you because I'm an American. Yeah. So you have to adjust for the culture changes as well. Yeah, it goes kind of back to your, your empathy point. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you measure success as a manager? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, measuring <laughs> success as a manager is really, are you getting the work, is the work getting done is one part of it, but are you creating a culture where people can speak up, they can be open, they can be honest, where the work does get done, but it gets done well. And if it doesn't get done well, that nobody's like crying when they're running out of the room because you gave them some kind of <laughs> feedback, right? right. Um, and so measuring success is more than just like, hey, you met a goal and you actually you know got XYZ number. It's is everyone happy? Are we moving along in the right path? And does the organization as a whole understand what the group is doing and supportive of what the group is doing? So I think all those things are, are measuring success. It's not always just about meeting the numbers. It's about, are we feeling good about what we're doing? And um, I always tell, you know, for marketing, we're not doing brain surgery. So right. let's not like beat ourselves up over this. We're yeah. Like we're not, we don't have patients on the table here. Let's do a good job, but not beat ourselves up over something that we may notice, but someone else may not notice. Right. And, you know, I think that kind of, it's funny you say that because it's sort of like, you know, going back to, you know, kids and stuff, like when you tell them, so, like when you micromanage them or you're all over them about something, it, it like I felt very tense in the past, you know, where I literally had a boss who would look over my shoulder, G-chat me and like kind of berate me over G-chat. <laughs> and she could like watch me like crumble as she was giving me, and it was, it was cruel almost, you know, but it, the, I just remember not feeling like I really owned what I did, mm-hmm. you know, instead I was like walking on pins and needles, like making sure I didn't screw up. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like, the fact that creating that environment of ownership is pretty big, right? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, people want to feel like they own stuff. They don't want to come in and just feel like they're just like a lab rat kind of just doing things, <laughs> running on the wheel, you know, yeah. spinning on the wheel or a hamster. They want to really feel like they can own something and that when they walked away from that job and, you know, hopefully years down the line that they've put their thumb on it, they've done their best work. And it's been a cultural milestone for them, but also for the company. And they can feel really good about what they've done. And you can't do that if you don't have ownership and you don't have trust in your employees. And so it's important to have both of those so that you can really feel like they have ownership. And everyone wants that. Everyone wants to feel like they have ownership. They don't just want to, you know, be here just to be here. They want to feel like, ah, I can own it and run with it um, and get the right feedback and and move forward. So I think that's an important part as well. You wake up in the morning and you want to go to your job. Yeah, you you want to go to your job. I mean, everyone wakes up on Monday and it's like, oh, I could use one more day. (laughs) But for the most part, you know, you like you want to go to your job and you're excited to show up every day. And you're like, what kind of work am I going to do today? And, you know, really owning something. And there's no point like micromanaging. Very few people want to be micromanaged because it doesn't make you feel great as a person. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it doesn't give you ownership and it doesn't give you a, a way to grow. So most people, you know, they want to, sh- if you're going to spend the eight or more hours a day at the office yeah. or at work, even if it's home, you want to like enjoy what you're doing yeah. because it's time away from your family or other other things. So it has to be enjoyable and be a good mix for you. Absolutely. And I want to get to, in a second, you know, kind of this aspect of, you know, there's a lot of uh, hiring managers potentially listening to this, job seekers. So I want to get to like what you look for with employees. But uh, I, without naming names, I, you know, I told you about the boss I had, you know, who would look over my shoulder. Like, 
Can you give us just a quick story on like maybe a, a manager who like you learn from, but it, you learn from because like uh, they sucked. <laughs> oh, we all have those managers, I mean, yeah, bad, don't we? Bad I mean, bosses, you know? Yeah. My first job out of college, you know, I had six bosses in like five years and I think they were all like that, which is probably why none of them lasted. I mean, it, it's um, the biggest stories for me. I mean, I don't have a specific exact, but it like just the micromanagers where it's like, well, do it like this and only do it like this and then do this and then right. do that and then do it like that. And your head's just spinning with like, I don't know how to like meet these standards. And then I don't, I'm not getting any coaching to get any better, yeah. but you're telling me you don't like my work, but you want it done like this. And, um, and then constantly getting the worst for me has been managers where you get a direction to go down path A. And then it's like, oh, wait, now we're going to go B yeah. and C and D and E and on and on and on. And you're like, which direction are we going and what are we doing? And, where is the strategy so that we can stay consistent? So that's that's like they've been the hardest managers for me. Yeah. I mean, I think for everyone. And then also, you know, the hardest part is when you do have manager turnover and it's constant, right. you don't really get any traction. And so then, you know, one bad manager feeds the next manager and the next manager and you're just like, I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so that doesn't serve you as an employee either when you've got kind of that consistent rotating cast of characters who are trying to micromanage you. I think as an employee too, yeah, you look around and you're like, how how st- stable is this company right yeah. now if we just keep rolling through different managers? Or yeah, it does position? make you, yeah, it makes you go like, what the, why am I here, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and what is my job? And how do I move forward? And how do I make more money and get the title that I want? Like you don't get any traction. So you've got to find the managers that are, uh, have been down that path, are there in a position they like, want to stay there and want to grow you into a person, or that's not the right place for you. Like, get out, go find some place. <laughs> There's lots of jobs out there right now. So go find a place where there is a manager or a leader or a company that wants to keep evolving you. Yeah. Um, because otherwise you're just going to be stuck always being micromanaged. Heidi, thank you so much. Thank you very much. This was fantastic. So, you know, you kind of led me into this next question, which is, you know, you, I know your story a second ago kind of came uh, out of college, you know, you had several different bosses and a lot of folks may be listening to this who, who did just get out of college and they're recent grads or, or maybe they're looking for a career transition or mm-hmm. just to move up the ladder. But as a hiring manager who is, you know, interviewing all of those types of people, like what, what are a couple of commonalities that you look for when you're interviewing yeah, that's good questions. I think as you're looking at jobs and you're changing jobs, the things that I look for are people who can communicate up. I call that communicating like up the ladder, basically. Can you? Can I put you in front of somebody if needed that's higher up than you and you can communicate appropriately and manage self-manage yourself in yeah. that situation? Um, and, <laughs> and also being able to like – you know, send an email and be like, hey, I didn't get this done versus not doing anything. So communicating up the ladder, um, being a really good communicator in general, you mm-hmm. know, across the board, being really clear about your wants and needs, um, people who want to ask questions and are curious and want to get stuff done. And honestly, people who have more than just work, right? They have other passions and things they do outside of work. Those are the most interesting people to work with, right? Right. And so those are the people that you really want to look for to bring onto your team. And it's not always about, do you match every skill and check every box? But do you have a good attitude? Do you have something else that makes you exciting as a person, right? That's more than just that, that you can bring to work that can make you a better worker. That's the important part too. So certainly all of those things. And then people with empathy. Like I just, 
our level of emotional intelligence in this country <laughs> isn't always where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, but you have to have emotional intelligence and not let one thing someone says like just take you down into a rabbit hole right. um, or be concerned about what other people think of you, quote unquote. So emotional intelligence, a high level of emotional intelligence is really important. That's it. That's and that's something like I I know I've learned as I've gone throughout is is being able to like handle criticism, you know, you know, sort of filter it and say, okay, maybe this is something I I can work on or I can improve on, but also like maybe this is crap and I don't, you know, like being able to kind of just know when to when to take it in and like reflect and help you versus like yeah, just let it go. Yeah, exactly. You have to be willing to not let it affect who you are, um, but certainly being willing to say, you know, if somebody affected you that way, was it you internalizing it? Right. Or was it actually them making a big issue of it? And how do you rectify that? And the thing is, the the one thing I've learned is the mind is always on. Yeah. <laughs> and the mind is always trying to create meaning. The mind is a meaning-making machine. Yeah. So it'll create meaning behind everything. And you have to like, kind of step back from that as a human and go, I'm creating meaning where there is no meaning and change your mindset. And sometimes there really is meaning there and you have to kind of try to figure that out. And that just comes with time and like expertise and flexing those skills. Totally. And, you know, I kind of have two more questions before we go. I, one is, you know, you talked about a second ago, uh, looking for, you know, candidates and that you interview who can sort of speak to the higher levels and, and not, you know, for back, lack of a better word, like vomit on themselves. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what about like, you know, you have, I mean, like you have to work with leadership yourself. And I know that's, that's always been a little bit of a challenge when, when I've been in management positions is like being able to manage up, like, mm-hmm. can you just talk a little bit about that and, and kind of like that balance? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's another great skill is being able to manage up to other people. Um, There's a balance between sharing the right kind of information and not sharing the right kind of information. And so by that, I mean, are there things that they absolutely need to know that will strategically help them as a leader understand the work you're doing? Are there things that you just do because you got to do them? So how do you pick the right things to manage up to? And where do you fall on a sword and where you don't? I mean, there's some things where you're like, I really don't want to do this, but it's not worth falling on a sword over. So just do it and move on to the next thing. And then there's things where it's like, you know, it's going to affect the brand or the company in some way that somebody's not thinking of. Those are the things to fall on a sword over and be sure that you're clear and communicating. So, I mean, communicating up is a learned skill. And I don't think anyone's ever done learning that skill. Um, But certainly it's something that you have to like practice, like what do, where do I communicate up? Where do I flex forward? Where do I flex back? Where do I let things go? And then where do I think of a different style or path or way I can do it? And it just takes time and and, uh, practice really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that uh, again, kind of like leads to my last question, which is sort of like your, your just one, I know it's, it's a loaded question, but your one major piece of advice for uh, managers, managers who are hiring, you know, whether you're, you've been in a business or been in a company for a long time and just like always looking to improve, like you said, or, you know, you're starting out as a new manager and like, what's your piece of advice that you would give them just one big takeaway? Yeah. I think the biggest thing, it seems kind of cliche, but like put yourself in their shoes, you know, when you're a manager and someone's coming in new or you've promoted them, you've done something, think about what does that person need and how do I meet them with what they need and get them what they need? And so I think putting yourself in their shoes and being thoughtful about that is really an important piece and not just being like, oh, here you go, go do whatever. Like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So putting yourself in their shoes and then having the empathy to understand how do I help them and move them forward. And then, you 
know, just being a human being, just be relatable. Right. That's what people want. They want a relatable manager that they like working with, they like hanging out with, but that they know, you know, will have their backs. And so just be relatable and put yourself in those people's shoes. That's that's a fantastic way, I feel like, to end this one. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Heidi, thank you so much. Thank you very much. This was fantastic.